Let me make sure this starts. Okay. Hey, friends, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so glad you're here, Chuck. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. So, um, so I want to say this. I want to start with saying this. I've been asking the Lord. We've been talking about you all for like a good couple of weeks. And has anybody seen that movie, Hacksaw Ridge? It's like a couple of years old. And there's this, it's about this guy. I'll tell you real quick. It's about this man. And um, he wants to go fight in which war? I don't know. Some war. Okay. And he doesn't want to use a gun. And so he um, goes and he fights. And all the guys like are really mad at him at first. And they beat him up and things. And they're real mean to him. But ends up that this big pivotal moment in this movie, um, all of his friends or the people in his little army, I'm not military minded at all, so all of his friends, I don't know if they're friends, anyway, they <laughs> are fighting and they're all getting shot and then he gets away and it's so noisy and it's so loud and there's all these bombs and things and people are yelling and he goes, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, he's talking to the Lord and so he, he kind of stops a minute and then he hears someone says, help me, help me, he yells, help me, help me and uh, he said, okay. Help me get one. Just help me get one. So he's running into the battle with no weapons to get one. And so he gets this one. He brings them back and he has to lower them down this hacksaw ridge, is the name of this thing. Um, Lowers him down and he saves him. And so he's sitting up there and he goes, help me get one more. Just one more. And so he keeps going back. He He does it all night long. And his hands are all like bleeding from the rope. And it's really gross kind of scene. But... The Lord, while I was talking to him about you guys, because he knew who was going to be here and he knew who was going to hear this, that's what he was saying, that you guys are those who go get one more. Like, y'all are his rock stars. I want you all to know that. I just want you to know that he knows you're tough and you do the hard things and you keep going and you keep going and you're getting the one. So know that. That's what he kept giving me uh, for you all. So let's just pray real fast. So, Father... We come to you, we steal ourselves. Uh, We thank you, Lord, that we can approach your throne of grace with confidence because of Jesus. Thank you uh, for your goodness to us. Thank you that that you empower us to go get the one, that you empower us to run the race that you've marked out for us, that you call us um, good and chosen and holy and all the things that you are uh, because you cover us with you. And so, uh, Father, I just ask now that you would speak and you would speak clearly and you would use the stories that you have allowed me to live through, I to bring you glory and to just remind my sisters and my brother, Lord, of your goodness um, and your faithfulness and the power that you have allowed us to carry in these feeble bodies. So, Lord, we love you. And we ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Okay. So, I asked him, I asked the Lord what he wanted me to tell you guys, because y'all are rock stars, so I'm kind of like, ooh, what do I tell the rock stars? I don't know. Uh, and so I don't know who this is for, um, but this was one thing that I thought, I'm not sure, Lord, how that fits in with this whole uh, message, but just know that uh, he wanted you to know that nothing you have done has caused the pain. Um, the pain that sometimes we have to endure, you didn't do anything uh, for that. So he took me to uh, Philippians one twenty nine, and it says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. So um, I know uh, Philippians one twenty nine. I know sometimes that gets a little fuzzy for me, like when I know that I'm in deliberate rebellion or deliberate sin sometimes, and then I have the fruit of that. 
Uh, it's hard sometimes, but it doesn't work where sin equals punishment. It doesn't work like that anymore. It doesn't. Jesus took all that punishment. So it did work like that, and now it doesn't work like that anymore. So that was one thing he said, and I was like, ooh, look at that's for, Lord, but they can take it. So nothing you've done has caused this pain, but he carries it with you. So second, um, a little bit about myself, just a little bit about my story. So I, <laughs> so funny, I told the Lord, I'm going to tell them my life's been marked with pain, Lord. And he goes, no. It has, and I love you, and I cherish you in those moments, but your life's marked with miracles. And I was like, yes and amen. Now, that's some gospel good news, because I can tell you, my life's been marked with some miracles, man. Crazy, out of this world right now. I've got this a baby. There's a baby in here. Like, that's crazy talk. I'm 36. That's crazy talk. Um, but I guess, like, I grew up in the church, I grew up knowing the Lord, but I, I grew up under a lot of, like, self-imposed condemnation to where um, a lot of the things, like, where people would say, when he was on the cross, he was thinking of you. It's a lot of to bear as a teenager, you know? Like, I put you there. That's my fault, you know? Which, with self-imposed, I think I, I get what they were trying to say by that, but... I think, and I love the song we sang last night, when you rose from the grave, you were thinking of me. <laughs> now that's gospel good news. That's like his heart for us. So anyway, I grew up in the church, went through a season of rebellion, met my husband in a bar. Um, he had two kids, one and two, and uh, still my stepkids, they're almost 18 and 19. Thank you, Jesus. They're growing and hopefully getting out. We're starting all over. Um, <laughs> miracle, right? Miracle. It's all about how you look at it. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, but through, like, raising them and things, we had custody issues in and out in court all the time. And um, then my stepson, Cody, who's almost 19, was diagnosed with bone cancer. The Lord healed him. The Lord healed him. He's perfectly healthy today. Um, then we went, my husband, I had to write these down because I forgot the hard times. Isn't that funny? Because I was like, oh, man, all the good times, yeah. Um, went through infertility, so years and years of that, and then the Lord Surprise! February 14th. Thank you. Uh, and, and I will say this. It doesn't always look like what we want it to look like. Our miracle, you know, doesn't always look like we want it to look like. Ten years ago, when I first found out about, oh, baby, uh, my husband was, like, ecstatic. He's like, this is awesome. I'm like, you're old. You're 41 years old. This kid's going to be 60 when you graduate high school. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be 60, whatever. And uh, he was just so excited about it. And it took me a minute because I was like, God, I wanted this 10 years ago, man. You know, I was a little younger, a little sprier. Its siblings won't be, you know, old enough to be their parent, you know. Um, So we had to work through that a little bit. So no, even in the miracle, I'm not just up here being like, oh, it's so great. And here's a baby and everything's wonderful. Because I wrestle with the Lord with things. And he welcomes you to do that his rock stars, to just wrestle with them. Like, I'm carrying this word, I'm carrying this life, I'm carrying these things, but I'm not always super happy about it, you know? So, um, Isaiah 45, 1 through 3, was another scripture that he gave you guys. Another thing that we just recently walked through is my dad had two strokes in January. So, uh, my dad's only 57, He's a fairly young guy, really healthy, no high blood pressure, no high cholesterol, none of the weird stuff. Um, And he had a stroke on January 2nd, and he was in the hospital. It was actually in North Carolina. And um, because he was working, 
So uh, then he had another one on January 7th, which was more severe, and it was here, and he went to the hospital. They had to, like, resuscitate him. It was a very severe stroke. So I tell you all that story to, to tell you this. The Lord's always setting us up for miracles. Sit in that. It's hard to accept, uh, but he's always setting us up for miracles. So before my dad had his first stroke, I heard this, like, prophetic word from Graham Cook. He's an author. I don't know if y'all heard of him. Um, and he was just, like, giving a prophetic word and blessing for the new year. So I just listened to it. And there was something in it that he said, um, the Lord's character, the Lord going before us, is a promise. You, we hear scripture all the time. The Lord goes before us. The Lord goes before us. The Lord goes before us. And I was like, yeah, that's comforting to know. Like, you know what's coming because it's scary. It could be bad, you know. Um, but the way Graham Cook talked about it was that it's a, a promise of his character. So him going before us ensures that there's going to be goodness there in our future. There's going to be faithfulness in our future. There's going to be gifts and the miracles and surprises and healing. And so I heard that. And I mean, I was writing this. I was like, I'm going to listen to this every day, every single day of my life. Because this is, yes, Lord, yes, I want that. I want that for this year. I want that for my life. I want that for my family. So um, when my dad had his first stroke, we were on our way to the hospital, my brother and I. Um, and we're in the car, and my brother is just stewing mad because he's like, I want to know what's going on. I want to know what they're saying. I want to know all the doctors. I want to know what, you know, and he's just like, go mode, go mode. And we're stuck in the car for like an hour and a half, two hours. And I'm riding in the car, surprisingly enough, uh, and I'm like, I know the Lord's there. I know there's, I know that there's going to be goodness there. I know this is the exact hospital my dad needs to be at. I know they're going to do an amazing job, even though it's some podunk hospital. And we're used to Knoxville Hospital, you know. It's literally two stories, like tiny hospital in North Carolina. So we get there, and I told my brother that. I said, Chase, his character goes before us, so it's good. It's good. But he couldn't, like, accept that, you know, at that moment. So I was like, oh, it's okay. There's your seed. So um, when I read in Isaiah... 45, 1 through 3, the Lord says, This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of, to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places. So that's talking to somebody who doesn't even believe in the Lord, like who's not one of the Lord's chosen. Um, And that we are. (laughs) So how much more will he do for us? Um, And we're his chosen. So um, with dad's story, he got released from the hospital, came back to Knoxville, and then had a second stroke, and it was more major. So 5 o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call. Dad's had another stroke. They're on the way to the hospital in ambulance. So if I'm being honest with y'all, because you're my friends and you're rock stars, I threw my phone, said a curse word, and I was like, dang it, why didn't I tell them to go? Why didn't I tell them? Yeah, that's not what I said. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But why didn't I tell, you know, immediately, like, I should have done this condemnation. I should have done that. So anytime I just want a piece of advice, really not biblical, when you say I should have mm-hmm. condemnation, just like mm-hmm. wash it off. And I literally did because I jumped in the shower really fast and I was like, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I know you're going before me. So I get to the hospital, and my mom's in, like, medical shock. She's crying. Well, no, she wasn't crying at that point. She just kept saying, he's my best friend, he's my best friend, he's my best friend. So um, it was very, very traumatic uh, for my mom and for the rest of us. 
And so I'm sitting there. I have a brother and sister who are also there. And uh, mom starts just talking about how he's worse than she thought. He was this bad. They had to resuscitate him. And so all these things start coming. All the noise. You know, do you guys have noise? I have noise. Noise. But it just kept, kept getting my breath. You know, and I started to like hyperventilate. Never done that before. Because I was trying not to cry. I was trying to be like, it's okay, mom. It's okay. And so I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And start hyperventilating. And I start crying. And my brother's like, it's okay. It's okay. And so I'm backing up. I'm backing up because I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm making a joke of it now. But at the time, I was like, you know, grabbing onto things, trying to like chill out. And uh, I finally caught my breath. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. So I, I step away from my family. And I call my best friend. She's here. Her name's Rackel. Her real name's Rachel, but we call her Rackel. And I call her, and I was like, I'm forgetting what I know. I'm forgetting, you know, because I knew the Lord's character went before me. I knew that I'm chosen, and I know my dad is chosen, and the Lord has a plan for him, and it's not over yet. Like, all the things that you know, that you hear, and you read, and people reinforce to you, the ones who love you and see you in spirit, like Jana was, talk- was talking about. And so my sweet friend... I just kept telling you, tell me what I know, tell me what I know. And she goes, he is here, and he is peace. He is here, and he is peace. And so I go, okay, okay. And I calm down and settle my spirit. So I tell you all that story to tell you this. Jana talked a little bit about it too, but surround yourself. And I know you guys are as rock stars, so you do. But just love those people that he's put around you that do that. And do it well, because not a lot of people will. A lot of people will be like, oh, I know what's happening. What are they saying? What's going to go? I don't know. You know, and stirs up the noise. But those people that the Lord sweetly and divinely put around you to remind you of that, just lean into them, which is hard for rock stars to do, because we want to have it all together until you start hyperventilating. You know what I mean? Until the Lord gets you to a place, and you're like, holy crap, I'm not going to make it. What is going on? So, um, but his character is a promise. And it goes before us. And if there's anything you hear me, hear that today. His character goes before you. His goodness goes before you. So, um, when I was in the emergency room with my dad, I'm sitting uh, by his bed. I was by myself. 15 more minutes? Oh, we good. So I'm sitting. <laughs> we have 15 more minutes. My sweet timer up here. Um, I'm sitting by his bed, and the Lord just reminds me, um, that his character goes before me, his presence goes before me. And my dad's like unresponsive. They're talking about a ventilator. So it's pretty like, I don't know what this is going to look like, you know, but I'm remembering what I know. I'm not sure what this is going to look like. Um, and the Lord, I turned a song on that we'll actually play in a second. Uh, and it's just the phone started playing Satisfy. And there's a part in it that he had told me like six months before that was for me. He woke me up at night with this one. One little lyric in the chorus of it when they're just like free worshiping, you know? And the guy says, I think it's the guy that says it, you don't have to be afraid anymore. He says, you don't have to be afraid anymore. And uh, so he told me that three, six months before. So I turn on the song and the Lord says, you don't have to be afraid anymore. So I'm laying here or sitting there looking at my dad who's completely unconscious and I start playing him these songs. I was like, Dad, you don't have to be afraid. It's okay. He's going to heal you. You're going to get up out of that bed, and you're going to walk out of this place. <laughs> you're just going to. And so I'm going to believe that. 
So, sorry, Tinder. Because oh, it was really hard. And uh, I can tell you, my life's marked with miracles. Dad was there a week. So exactly a week. And he got up out of the bed and walked out. I know, hallelujah, right? So, but he, the Lord was preparing that miracle. Another word, Jana, talk about ready-made miracles, ready-made miracles. He was preparing when he told me, you don't have to be afraid anymore. He knew what was coming because he's God and he's good. So he knew what was coming. So when I'm in the hospital room, he has my phone play the song. You don't have to be afraid. He's supernatural faith to believe dad's going to be healed. <sighs> Sit in that. So good. So good. Um, another, uh, I just like to tell of his goodness, really. Really, that's all I like to do. <laughs> um, a couple of years ago, just, it's just funny. I just, it's just so funny. Lord, so funny. A couple of years ago, one of our cars broke down. We were on one car, 250,000 miles on it. Didn't know what we were going to do. Madison and I, my daughter, I would drop her off at school. We'd pray every day. And I'd say, Lord, either provide us a car or fix the one that's broken. Please provide us a car, fix the one that's broken. So he's in the business of doing miracles. So a month goes by. I do this like a low-key bus route, drop off husband to work, pick up kid from school, do it over again. A little frustrating. And it can get tiresome. Going to get the one, always believing, always believing for these miracles, always believing for the one. Um, and some family called and said, the Lord told us to buy you a car. No one knew. No one knew I was doing this. New car. It's in the parking lot across the street. What? Rock stars, I'm with you. I don't know what it is you need. I don't know what it is that you're facing. I don't know what your bank account looks like. I don't know what your home life looks like. I don't know what any of it looks like. But the Father knows. And he knew you were going to sit here and hear these good stories. It's not like everything's been coming up roses. Let me tell you. I don't need you to testify. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Raggling up. Because I always call Raggling. She reminds me about what I know. But it's not always coming up roses. But there's still those crazy, miraculous stories that happen. And y'all can tell me stories. I'm sure of it. That God's done unbelievable things in your lives. But just hang on to that today if you're forgetting. He still doesn't. It may take a while. It may take a long while. Um, another miracle. My husband actually had an affair maybe two or three years ago, which is super duper hard for me to walk through. Unbelievably hard for me to walk through. But the miracle is that God restored it. But in the middle of it, in the middle of it, in the middle of, I don't know if I'm going to have a family anymore because if he goes, my kids go, right? So, I mean, I'm alone. I would be alone other than with the Lord. Um, But when he actually told me about it, the Lord, (laughs) in his goodness, my husband told me about what he had done, and I I was sitting in the car, and I said, Jesus, I need you to take over my body right now. I said it out loud, because I needed him to take over my body right then. Because in my, like, if someone had said, what would you do in this instance? I could tell you, I'd be... Cursing, yelling, get away from me, nothing more to do with you. I'm done, done, done. But I didn't, I wanted to honor the Lord. And so I said, take over my body so you can respond, because I don't know how you want me to respond. And he immediately said, I want you to show him what real grace looks like. And I said, okay. I don't know. I mean, it could be graceful for me to say, you've chosen. I love you. I bless you. I'm leaving. You know? That could be it. But walking with the Lord through it, that wasn't what he wanted. He wanted me to show him what 
sticking it out, continuing to pray, continuing to work, continuing to believe something unbelievable could happen. And it did. Months and months and months and lots of counseling and all the things. Um, But I want to tell you this from that experience. There was something the Lord, because I'm all about practicals. There was something the Lord during that time taught me that I really love to share with people. I don't know if you all fight thoughts. Does anyone fight thoughts? Mm -hmm. These thoughts that like come by and you can either like hang on to them or you can let them go. I struggle with that a lot. I have lots of thoughts, <laughs> lots of noise, lots of things. But during that particular season, there was thoughts that would come, and they wouldn't go, and they weren't productive. They were very painful thoughts that only took me to places that weren't healthy, that made me go, is this why he did this? Oh, he did this because of this. Or was she this much better? Was she funnier? Was she skinnier? Was she, you know, like those stupid thoughts. Did he talk to her about this? Like stuff that doesn't matter in a redemption story. So I had these thoughts that just kept coming and coming. And finally, I felt like I was at the whim of these thoughts. I couldn't make them stop. So I talked to Jesus and I said, I can't stop these from coming. I mean, they're just coming. And they, uh, they're so intrusive. And they, like, just rip me to shreds. I said, I need you to do something about that. Okay? Because <laughs> I'm not strong enough right now. I'm a rock star, sure. But I'm not strong enough right now. So he said, I'll stand at the door. Have your thoughts. I said, okay. I trust you. I trust you. So um, I started picturing him standing at a door, the Lord, which actually ended up being my mom and dad's front door because there's a glass piece at the top. And so I could see him in the safety of my mom and dad's house, me in there, and him looking out. And I would get a thought, and I could feel it coming. Did he do this? You know, like whatever the thought was. And I would say, "Uh uh-uh, Jesus, you got to do that. got to do that thing, you know. And I could see Jesus look and peer out the window, and he'd let it go. And I'd say, I will, after a few weeks of that, I said, I will let ones come in that that you'll use to heal me. Only the ones you'll use to help me, but you have to determine that. So he's like, okay. And so I would have thoughts. And then he started like cracking the door to say, is this true? Not to say, entertain it, let it come in and sit down and feed it and sit down with it and let it tell you what's true. No, you determine what's true. So um, just a tool for your brain. It worked for me. I'm just picturing him at the door. Have your thoughts. Um. So, how many more minutes do I have, Tamar? Oh, okay. Um, my mom, my mom. Another uh, tool the Lord uh, has brought just to, to my mind um, as being helpful with these things that come up, with your opportunities for miracles, we'll say. Not being in the fire. <laughs> your opportunities for a miracle, because he's always setting us up for a miracle, um, are our words. So we've probably heard this taught a million times about our words having power. We hold death and life in our tongue, right? Proverbs 18.21 says. Um, <clears throat> so my, my Cody was a prodigal. So he decided he didn't want rules anymore, went and lived with mom. Um, and he was there for like three or four years. So uh, he had quit talking to us and stopped returning text messages. He did, he did respond for a little while, but stopped. So um, I went to the Jesus Culture concert a few months ago. This is, uh, I think, October. And I'm in this song. 
worshiping in this song. And I just kept asking the Lord, how much longer? You know, do y'all have things that you've been asking the Lord about? They're like, I'm believing for that. I'm believing it. I'm believing you're going to move. I'm believing you're going to make some fruit. I'm believing you're going to do this. You're, you're going to do that. Like, because we know our God's good. And we know he moves on our behalf. Like, he just does. So, <clears throat> with Cody, though, it had just been so long. And I kept, like, reaching out. <coughs> Denied. Kept reaching out. Bless you. Denied. You know, just kept on and kept on. And uh, so I'm at this concert, and I just said, how, how long? If I could just know how long, you know? And the Lord said, tell me what you want. And I was like, <laughs> yes, Lord, yes. So I start, I was like, I just want him to, to connect again with you and us. And, you know, he goes, no, speak it like it already is. Because our Lord, our God, our creator, our father, our intimate lover says, speaks things into existence that don't already exist. Right, Romans? And so I was like, okay. Now I'm going to go and tell you. Sometimes it's hard for me to do these super spiritual things because I'm like, it's going to be weird, Lord. I don't know about those. And he's like, no, speak it as it already exists. And I was like, okay, cool. We'll do this. Okay. Um, Cody's connected to us. He's like, no, tell me your heart. Like, tell me what you want to see. Just like dream with me. And so I was like, okay. All right, you know, like, we're doing this. Okay, this feels weird, but okay. And so I just started, like, proclaiming, Cody, wherever he is right now, you're sending, God, you're sending your biggest angels to fight in heavenly places for him, like, right now, like, the big guys. And I'm seated in heavenly places with you, so I'm, I'm seeing it. You're going to send them, and they're going to fight, and he's, his heart's going to turn from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And whatever he's surrounded with right now, it's girls and drugs or whatever, to, you know, because mom's worst nightmare. It's, he's like in the middle of a crack house or something in my mind. You know, probably not, but, but it's like, you know, because I mean, that's mom, right? And so I'm like, he's surrounded by all these things, Lord, but no, he's surrounded by you. He's surrounded by you and your army of angels right now. And I mean, just start proclaiming these truths, and I've never experienced anything like it. And within three days, he was arrested for a DUI and back in our home within a week. I'd waited years, years to see that. And that's not to be like Crystal super spiritual, she rocked the house. No, that is just to encourage you, speak things that aren't as though they were. Just speak them and then wait. When I left that place, I didn't say, I want you to do, I want to see all that. I left and I said, Lord, show me how you moved tonight. Because you did. I know you did. There's no doubt in my mind you moved. So, take that. Last thing, last thing, and then we'll have a little exercise, a little craft. Do y'all like crafts? It's not really involved, if you don't. Um, So his presence goes before us, but his presence is also our rear guard. So uh, which scripture tells us too. So what does that mean about if his presence goes before us, and it's a promise, what does the presence going behind us mean? Anybody but it's a promise. So even in our history, the Lord redeems, restores, makes new. He restores the year the locusts have eaten, right? So those years of struggling with my husband in that season, he's restoring. <laughs> you know, like that's crazy to go, that's a miracle, Lord. She had a medical thing that she couldn't have a kid. You healed her. She got a kid. Like that's nuts. So, 
So, with that in mind, I have these um, red strings, which kind of signify Jesus and his blood and how he impacts our history. Then I have this plethora of colors here. Y'all can choose from. And some scissors. So the idea with this is to just sit while Sweet Chuck plays us some worship music. But sit with the Lord and think about your history with the Lord. What promises do you see? What struggles did you walk with him in? But what did he, how has he redeemed that? And if you can't see it yet, you can believe and you can prophesy like I did. Crazy things. <laughs> I believe you're going to redeem this relationship, Lord, with my mom, with my husband, with my whoever's. I believe you're going to do that. If you haven't seen it yet, believe that he'll do it. So you take these, and then you pick whatever color. So some people are like, the birth of my kid, so they pick a blue or something. You know what I mean? Um, you can correlate it to whatever memory, whatever part of your little story you want to. And then um, just write down in your journal like what the color meant and how you'd seen them work. Does that make sense for us? A little bit? Questions? No? Okay, cool. All right, I will bring you these. We have some, we have five scissors. I'm going to stop my...